0: After buzzers, welcome to the Expanse After Show. We're talking about Episode Eleven, Fallen World. The slow zone speed has changed. Naomi has been reunited with her boys, but Melba kind of follow along, and Anna too. What? And we have a special guest. Stay tuned.
1: You are tuning into the destination for TV super fan discussion. After Buzz TV, and now let the buzz begin!
0: What's up after buzzers? we got a fun song going on yeah. and we'll let you know what it is in just a second. Talk about episode 11, Fallen World of the Expanse. Um, My name is Carrie Lane, and I'm joined by my awesome co-host... Me, Cherry. Hey! And, oh my goodness, guys, we have a special guest. And guess what? This is actually, I think, the first director we've had on this show. We've had producers, we have executive producers, we've had actors. But our first director, welcome Jennifer Pong! Hey! Hey, guys, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, thank you. Yes, girl power. Actually, this was a very female, strong, well, I mean, there's so many strong female characters on this show, but this one in particular, how was it directing this episode of The Expanse?
2: It was remarkable. I was super grateful that I got this script for the very reason that you mentioned. Um, It is a time when, you know, the episode is one of those where all the wonderful, powerful men that we love are all kind of unconscious. (laughs) And so it, it kind of leaves a lot of space and and screen time for some of our most interesting female leads and they get to kind of kick ass for a little while Um, so it was awesome
0: nice uh now had you been a fan of the books before you got involved with this show
2: i i i actually saw the first season of the expanse first and then i started reading books and i was enthralled and i said oh my god i would love to be a part of the show because um it was doing things that very few other science fiction shows were doing, um, and it was so progressive, actually, in the way that it was looking at society and the world. Um, and when I when I finally read about Gate*, I was really, really excited because I thought the character of Melba was fascinating in particular. Um, and so, um, yeah, super, super grateful for getting involved.
0: Wonderful. Uh, we also have a live chat on our YouTube page. Welcome, welcome to everybody who's in that. Please type up your questions that you have for Jennifer on directing this episode or experience on set. If you're watching it later, no worries. Please comment down below because this show just keeps getting better and better and uh, so much more to talk about. I um, already have a
1: chat question. Yes, please. So Jeff Graham Prestonian asks, have you been asked to do anything for season four yet? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question um, you know there's a lot coming
2: up for me and so we're gonna see if we can figure something out.
1: Nice. I know you're a busy 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 woman yeah
2: i'm I'm psyched it's a it's a pretty cool job I've got going on so yeah it's uh i'm I couldn't be happier sometimes I have to pinch myself.
0: uh so we're just gonna go through the episode and ask you questions on moments that pop up or feel free to chime in that you're like oh yes i remember that uh so the very beginning oh my goodness the slow zone has changed as the director how how is that trying to achieve that visually because you know on paper it's very easy to be like oh it changed
2: right right um it was wonderful the first you know i received the script and of course like basically at the top of the script it said "Note to everyone you know this entire episode is in zero gravity <laughs> and i was like really i get i get to do this episode amazing and um and yeah it was a beautiful opportunity to work with some of the best wirework people in toronto and the some of the best visual effects artists you know in the world and um We just plan the heck out of this, Uh, you know, storyboards after storyboards, so many sessions, just to make sure that, you know, when I, when I look at a show and I look at my episode, I'm trying to, often bring, you know, something unexpected and something lyrical to to even horror, and so, um, I just really wanted to give it give it my all, and, and I just started like the moment I started prep, I was kind of just collaborating with Bright Culp, actually, who was the VFX supervisor for my episode, saying, you know, um, what do you think if, you know, this character, you know, this we have a dead person who's in that hallway, and he's, he's like, spinning like making a pirouette, and, and what if there's a gash in him that's kind of sp- and so that the blood is kind of spinning around him like a ribbon? You know, I was just really looking for as many creative ways to look at, like, the gore of blood and zero gravity as I could, and and then also looking at, okay, how do we handle this really ambitious fight with, you know, which, which we'll get to later. We should probably talk about that later. But yeah, you know, immediately when you kind of get into preparing an episode, you, you, you kind of look at the most challenging set pieces first.
1: Yeah. Was this the yeah. first time working with um, special effects like that and then the um, wire people?
2: No, I'd done two, two features in about five TV shows prior to that. And I'd worked with wires quite a number of times before that. This was the, by far the most, and I think it actually was the most wire work for *The Expanse*, um, at least for that season. If maybe not all three seasons, I'm not sure. But um, no, I'd worked with visual effects extensively. I had a feature called *Advantageous* that was also took place in the future, and you know had about 200 visual effects shots. So cool. it was kind of a, a natural evolution or a natural fit for me.
0: Yeah. um, Actually, what comes to mind is that hallway that Anna approaches with so many different bodies. So is each individual actor suspended in that shot or are they layered separately via effects?
2: Right. Great question. Okay, so we kind of did a combination of everything and um, almost every department was involved. And that was was what was so wonderful about making that happen. Um, We had about six people suspended on wires um and then we had people on these kind of you know special effects is another amazing and extremely critical department and they would bring in these kind of green screen like something called a teeter-totter where one of the guys in the back is kind of laying down and he's kind of on the seesaw thing and he kind of he's like floating like this and and someone's manipulating it off screen and kind of puppeting him Mm -hmm. and so then they paint that out and post so we had we had him, we had like, you know, five people suspended, someone kind of up in their rafters, and then people kind of on these little stools that were also green, you know, painted um, chroma green. So that, um, you know, it was really about kind of balancing resources. And so the people that you see closest to us are the ones who are actually suspended.
1: Oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, do we have another question? Um, I was, I have a question here from Hydra Lisk. He or she says, "Did the fact that the entire episode in Cog cause any problems when you were shooting it?"
2: It's a great question. Um, you know, that's
1: I, I think problems is not the word I would
2: use, only because that is exactly what we're doing. We're we're meeting challenges and trying to make the best, beautiful, most beautiful episode we can. Um, so it was some. It was a challenge that we all were ready to meet, and um, and I would say that probably the most challenging. Uh, set piece was the fight between melba and naomi because melba's suit was pretty darn heavy it was about 40 pounds and we're also lifting her up into the air at some point and and you know the suit was kind of made you know it and they were making tweaks at the last minute and so you know when she would swing her arm sometimes there'd be a little bit of a jam or something and so making sure that you know that that was kind of ready to go was a bit of a kind of time added moment and you know time pressure but um I think that other than small things like that, you know, it was really just about kind of people focusing and getting their shots and, and you know, you know, coordinating really well. And we had a fabulous team. So this, the Expanse crew is probably one of the most amazing crews that um, lives, and uh, I, I was particularly lucky to work with them.
0: Uh, cool. Yeah, we can definitely tell that from who we've interacted with and just fan interaction online. Yes. It's a very uh, special show of everyone coming together and saving the expanse as well. Yes. Yes.
2: was um, not that beautiful? Oh, it was yes. So, Such it was a win.
0: So exciting. <laughs> uh, actually, a beautiful
2: thing to watch.
0: Oh, yes. Uh, actually, since you mentioned that scene, I was going to say, let's talk about that real quick. So Melba later does get on the Rosie uh, and then has to fight with Naomi. Now, uh, as I read the books, or I'm reading them currently, now that scene in the book is a bit more elaborate. Was it cut down for time or just actual practical making that scene happen?
2: You know, uh, I, I don't know the, the real answer to that. You might have to kind of check in with Noreen on that. Mm. Um, but I can say that, you know, season three was a combination of the end of uh, the second book. And, and, and they tried to condense the entire book three into the second half of, of season three. So um, whether it's, you know, resources, time, you know, what they felt they could, you know, if they could, if they felt they could bring the best out of um, of book three by by bring by making a bit of a shorter, mm. you know, span of episodes. That that might have been why. Um, I yeah I I think that you know it'll be interesting to see in season four, you know how uh, how more how much more loyal they are going to want to be, um, or you know creative. I think they do a fantastic job of a- adapting though.
0: Oh absolutely yeah I love that yeah. scene as I was and I was very excited to see it. It was just one of those. For people who haven't read the book yet, it's a it's a bigger fight, and it was so epic. And I love the ladies and Anna coming in for the win with the taser.
1: That was so fun. So great, (laughs) minister. I love that, and I sort of like the teaser for next two season, next two episodes as well, because it sounds Mm -hmm. like Melba is going to be meeting Bobby. She's like, I don't know. Yeah, she's like, I can't say. No,
0: that's all right. Um, actually, the other big thing that happened in this episode that was great to go away and come back is Drummer and Ashford. Now, that scene looks like it would have been quite something to choreograph, film it, because you have two characters in the same space, but they can't physically really see each other. Uh, could you please talk about the process c- capturing all of that?
2: Sure. Um, this was, yeah, three of my, you know, I guess it officially about three or four scenes, five scenes, actually, um, five scenes over the course of, I think, two days. And it was really just tremendous work from all departments to get this together. Um, I was just, I I was just so happy. First of all, David Strathairn, hello. One of the best actors, one of the most, my favorite actors of all time. And, um, just the kindest, sweetest person who is like the consummate professional. And then you get Kara, Kara Gee, and she is that and this amazing woman. And, you know, just the kind of sweetest person and an extremely strong woman and, and a, a really bright star. Um, the, the coordination was intense and beautiful because this was a new set and um, they, they were basically building it as I was preparing um, my episodes. And we were kind of all kind of in coordination, like talking about how high, you know, the the ceiling would be, whether or not we could bring a crane in over the top. You know, if we were going to bring a crane in, you know, through which set of doors could we bring, in, bring the crane in and, and, and how long it would take to kind of reposition things. We had special meetings for the um, the arm, the mechanical arm that kind of plays a ma- major part in, you know, their first attempt at survival. they're they're trying to, you know kind of grab the comms. And um, it was really fun, basically choreographing that arm. And I kind of used metaphors, like dino, you know, dinosaur metaphors, saying, okay, put it in a position like a, like a T-Rex in pain, you know, and it would be like this. You know, it was just like, kind of creative ways of describing, you know, this thing that I wanted to feel a little bit like an animal um, that was playing with them or, you know, kind of teasing them and, and, and just kind of, and, you know, bringing, bringing this kind of painful poetry to this this thing that could either be their savior or not. Um, so there was a coordination for for the arm guy we had a, a special engineer co- operator come in and and he had to kind of program the arm in advance and then program it in stages um we had you know special effects was handling the two mich- uh, the farm machinery and the way they created the the farm machinery was like bringing an actual farm you know farm equipment and then you know painting them and adding to them to make them look more you know futuristic um, and then it was just about suspending, you know, David and, suspend, and, and, and putting, you know, Kara safely in, into a spot, a spot, So, so that when the crushing happens, she'd be okay. Yes. Uh, there was a lot going on there. And it was, a, and it had these two amazing actors who were, um, yeah, they were basically not able to see each other, you know, but barely able to see each other, but, but also connect. Um, so it was kind of a scene of a lifetime.
0: Well, a couple of movie magic questions here. One, were all the scenes them actually in the same space or were there some where you did just her and just him? And um, how long was each actor, how long were they suspended in that? How long were they pitched in those spots?
2: I think they, okay, so the first question. Roughly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, they were always there oh, for cool. each other. Um there was some pressure to separate them for, for time, but I would say that that pressure was resisted very well. Um, and they, and they just wanted to really be there for them, for each other. And I, and I thought that was wonderful. Um, because this, these, these scenes were so, you know, they were so important. And I think it, you know, their connection was like the best, the best chemistry I'd seen in a long time. Um, and, I, sorry. What was your other question? I thought, uh, I'm oh, just yeah. curious, actors, was just curious as actors. How
0: long I, were you know? How long was a go at it till you go? Okay, let's take a break. Let's bring them down. You know, this to be
2: fair, they they were both put in pretty comfortable positions. They were just oh, kind okay, of faking good, it. Good. Yeah, there was a you know there was a something that was kind of erased in post, so that at least David wasn't. In pain, and he wasn't using wires for for his uh, for his uh, position, but um, but I'd say that you know we'd go for maybe 15 minutes to 30 minutes, and then take a pause, and then go again. It wasn't like, but it wasn't particularly strenuous in that way.
1: Okay. Hey, after buzzers here at the network reproduce after shows for nearly all your favorite TV shows from dramas, reality TV, sci-fi, and more. There is no network that works harder to serve television fans, but well, but now we need your help. We're asking that you please subscribe to one or more of our YouTube channels besides helping us attend. Here's what's in it for you. It caters specifically content. You already like directly to you. It brings you your favorite after shows so you don't have to seek them out and it suggests content from other channels or podcasts that might interest you subscribing to our youtube channel will also help you discover new shows where show your love since you're already tuned into sci-fi channel you might be interested in preacher luke cage cloak and dagger and into the badlands and remember we have channels for other genres too please don't be shy about subscribing to them either and if you're worried about pesky notifications, don't be. They're optional. It's easy. Hit that subscribe button now for an even easier AfterBuzz experience. And if you let us know that you did in the comments, we'll shout you out on there. Thanks for being the best fans. We promise to continue to do our best to serve you.
0: And actually, Jennifer, you directed an episode of Cloak & Dagger, correct? Yes.
2: That is true. I'm very excited. It's going to be showing in two weeks, uh, July
0: fifth, the day after uh, Independence Day. Sweet, we'll be looking forward to that one. Uh, Thank you. Back to Ashford Drummer. Yeah, during their scene, I love their moments too of their singing. Yes, and their you know the pirates are always close to death, but that doesn't change the fear, which was great. And the discussion about symbols endure and uniforms. Uh, You want to elaborate at all on the process of, you know, what you wanted out of them from that scene and what it meant to you as a filmmaker.
2: Sure. I love that. I love that moment too. Symbols and deer. Um, You know, I, I, I won't profess to say that I over, I I tried to get in the way of David and Kara's Mm. moment too much because, you know, they are extraordinary. Um, there are moments, you know, it's they're just small moments where I go, okay, I want to make sure that this sounds, you know, real. It, it sounds true to their characters. In in, I wanted to make sure that Kara felt like she was in pain and that she was near death. I wanted to make sure that um, that that David too, you know, he's he's kind of not doing well either. So we had to kind of make sure that the crisis level was felt. Um, while mm. all this other all these other beautiful things were being said. Um, but to me, you know the the meaning of the scene, you know I can only speak to what I you know how I interpreted it. Um, you know you have these two very hard-boiled h- human beings, belters um, who are trying to, both be captain actually of the same ship, and yet they're put in a situation where they're pushed to the edge, pushed to a near death moment, and they both agree that what matters the most is their people, and and so it's interesting because it's like it's like when you strip down um, ambitious people to their core, what what do you find? And in this case, you find something of beauty. You know, something that's selfless, actually, even though they're ambitious. So I found that wonderful. And I, I think that it's a perfect, this is a perfect distillation of the spirit of the Expanse novels and also the, the creators um, and also my, the cast and the crew. They're they're not selfless. I mean, no one's perfectly selfless. Yet what they do understand is that this is a, we li- we all live in the same universe and and ultimately there is something bigger than all of us it is it is all of us and then it's and then there's something bigger than that too what is it is it this human spirit is it love is it something else you know it's something that is what they think they're exploring but I also think that they find beauty in family and I think they find beauty in in um in working together toward toward love.
1: So I wanted to ask, even though it's a little bit from where we are now, the scene with Naomi and with Amos when he asks, are you back? And Mm. then he kind of looks away. For me, that was very much him having an emotional feeling when he normally tries to be unemotional. And that's why he turned away. What was your motivation to have him turn away versus looking at her um, when she said, yes, I'm here to stay?
2: I think you know that's that's something that I you know I don't know if I personally invented it, it was something that we all agreed on um, that we wanted he he felt betrayed you know when she when she left the first time you know he thought he knew her and he realized that so he didn't but he did know her she just had he just didn't understand why she left um, and I you know I think both in the books and in the series Amos. Amos has a very special journey, and that is one of assigning loyalty to—you could say—strong women. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be men as well, like Prax as well. Mm-hmm. But he—he he almost is loyal to—it feels like—extremely loyal to one person at a time. And when that person disappoints him, um, you know, it's—it's going to be a hard—it's going to be hard to recover from that but clearly there is something that he can't deny he he loves Naomi obviously and so um so yeah that's something that they're still negotiating
0: yeah i love that moment where she also said being a uh, she had to pretty much be away to understand that this was her family which is often true you know it's when you're away from something you're accustomed to mm-hmm. that's when you realize how much you missed it
2: I, yeah I mean, I would think what's wonderful about that is that it speaks to so many things. You know,
0: mm-hmm.
2: are, is your tribe the most important thing or is there, are the people that you've been working with for the longest time through thick and thin the most, you know, what your are they, are they your family? or Are they both your family? And yeah. can they both be your family?
1: I thought it was interesting how when Naomi came on the ship, the order of the names that she said, it went from Holden to Amos and Alex. And I think the first two, like she loves all of them, but Holden is her man that she loves, but Amos is her brother. And so that's yeah. why the names kind of, I mean, she cares about Alex too. Mm-hmm. I, I love when she found him in the kitchen.
0: I was a hair worried. I'm like, uh-oh. but And I love his little blade in the shoulder. And then when she finds Amos, the thing he says is, you changed your hair, which props <laughs> to him. There are plenty of men that like a lady will change something or a gentleman. And the guy's like, I didn't, there's something different.
2: Isn't that a double standard, though? It's like, do you want them to care about every little time you change your hair? Do you, do if you it's a big yeah. change. Do you want them to
0: see you for who you are. It's confusing. Um, if it's a big change, yeah. Or he'll be like, okay. new ink, you know? <laughs> you know, if you get a trim, eh. But uh,
2: I have noticed. Sure, like, yeah, come on. Yeah.
0: Guys love yeah, it I when mean, you it's, notice. It's yes. wonderful. I
2: really love that you changed your hair moment. It's so, it's so gorgeous. Um, and yeah, yeah, there was a fork that, that they, yeah. they, oh, it's a fork. Okay, in, cool. So, yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, Kaz or, you know, plays Alex, mm-hmm. um, just, it was just so wonderful. And, you know, being a, a great sport about being hung, hung up in that crazy harness in that moment. Mm. Um, <laughs> did you notice the, the lasagna? Yes. They, everything's floating. floating. Was. Yeah. That's his lasagna. Right. Yeah. Or, you know,
1: <laughs> his spacer right? lasagna that yeah. he's famous for
2: yeah yeah
0: uh, so what are the other big ones going on we touch a little bit later where anna ends up but one we have at the beginning one melba's obviously okay tilly not so much oh, um no. and then anna yeah. as she's kind of walking around and trying to help people and finds the med room and that's when the zero g the danger of it really is brought up because it's like well if you don't have any gravity blood won't drain so if you have any internal bleeding pretty much means you're going to die and then later Anna is able to find Melba uh, or finds Melba and also finds Tilly and that moment when she's like trying to stay with her and those final moments was so sweet and sad and and Tilly says you know you're so good at this Mm -hmm.
1: It's so sweet and sad at the same time that was really good and to sort of swivel back to Melba. Do you see Melba as crazy or do you see her angry looking to get approval from her father? So there's a real motivation for it. Cause I've had, I've argued with people on Twitter where they're (laughs) like, she's crazy and she has no reason. I'm like, no, she's like a lot of people who are constantly begging for a parent or someone to love and see them. And she just takes it, takes it to an extreme.
2: Yeah. I mean, Oh my gosh, is it crazy or or is it real? You know, that's the that's like the question for, for the agents. Can it be because, both? So go sorry, go ahead.
0: Sorry I'd interrupt you. I was gonna say couldn't it be both?
2: Yeah, it couldn't it be both. And what is crazy? Well, you know, crazy is is insecurity or, or seeking approval in, in in a way that hurts others, maybe. Um, and so yeah, I mean we never I think in the, in in the you know acting and directing you never really judge Mm -hmm. your characters Mm -hmm. ever you never write them off um because i think everyone has a journey that every character has a journey and and the ones that are the most relatable are the best characters so i'm gonna say that it's not so much that i care whether or not Melba's crazy but i do care why she's doing something that could hurt other people who are in the plan and she plans to you know hurt a, a ton of people um and why is it that it's so important for her to, to basically either get back at her dad or, or, or gain his approval? You know, that's a great question. And um, I could speak, well, you know, forever about that. But, you know, it, it does reflect a reality for many, a female, I think, you know, not necessarily that we all have daddy issues. And I think that's kind of a reductive way of looking at it, maybe. But uh, but it is this notion that, you know, women are weakened when they when they try to please men. You know, and and that is something that we've been conditioned to do. Um, and so part of my, you know, life has been making sure that I'm looking at ways to please myself. And it's not a selfish thing. It's more, you know, what, do, what, what, what would make me proud of me, you know? And I think that's something that's missing from Melba's arc. And that's mm. why she's doing weird stuff
0: (laughs) definitely can see that she's nothing internal for her in terms of it's all projected out to other people especially holden and then uh speaking of holden we get him with bobby and go bobby defending him constantly to a couple of those martians on the ship she's like he's not a killer Mm -hmm. that's not what you saw and she but and then she never seems to get too angry about it Mm -hmm. it's just like this is the this is what it was you're incorrect in assuming he's evil and uh how was it doing those scenes for bobby and holden on their little tiny ship
2: (laughs) oh those are so great i mean my gosh frankie is the most amazing um her character is just just really made season two for me and um yeah i mean it's pretty simple it it, was just as you describe it you know she's she's a leader for these for the for the Martians, she's she's just on the verge of like kind of reclaiming her again, like getting closer to her original tribe, right? Um she had kind of done she kind of had been a little um a bit of a defector of sorts and and now she's kind of trying to prove herself as a Martian, but then she knows that by like siding with, with Holden, you know, she's she's putting her own loyalty in question mm-hmm. um, for for her yeah. the people she's trying to lead. And you know that's that's a really fabulous thing. I, I think what I loved about all this entire episode was that you know, as someone who's a you know female director who has to be a leader, and I love doing it, you still are you know finally see women in leadership roles, you know, kind of negotiating all kinds of scenarios. You know, that's something you don't see enough of in most uh, film and television. Um, and and you know, and so people don't understand that women go through very relatable arcs when they're in leadership leadership positions. Um yeah, so Frankie just she nails it any, every time anyway. So, you know, it was it was just pretty simple.
0: Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh then there's but then we have Holden being a bit cryptic and dark when he says he saw something. A vision, <laughs> a vision of what? Of everything. The end of everything. How do you direct that? And I mean, obviously it's on him as well as the actor, but to keep that grounded and not be as obviously over-traumatic as I said it, but, you know, like, to give weight to this stuff that even asked the viewer, like, what did we see?
2: Right. I mean, you, you, in that situation, you you kind of see what Stephen... Mm-hmm. I, and we wanted to see what Stephen had to bring because he's a very thoughtful actor and he knows what he saw. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really is all about making sure that I'm supporting what he's trying to do and then capturing it. Um and if there, you know, you also maybe try a couple of takes with different evaluations, a couple of takes that are more or less, um, a, a, a different shade of gray. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's only to give a few cutting options um, so that to offer a few cutting options, you know, just in case you want to be more cryptic or less cryptic, you know, about what, how he felt about something. Sure.
0: Um, yeah. Uh, and then actually, uh, we were talking about strong female leaders, but unfortunately, drummer is a strong female leader, but essentially sacrifices herself mm-hmm. for yeah. Ashford. Yeah. Though technically, yeah. with internal injuries for him, I'm a l- I would probably go for her. <laughs> <laughs> internal bleeding's no good, but go her for like making that choice. And I am so proud of him that he's like drummer is the only reason I'm alive right now, and he's telling the other Belters that I'm like, all right, maybe I trust you a little bit
1: more, sir. I think he thought he thinks she's. Gonna gonna die so he wants to make himself look good oh that's
2: interesting (laughs) (laughs) i'm so glad that you both don't have exactly the same evaluation of that
0: (laughs) well we we were taught we've talked about that is like and it's been brought up in the show that it's like okay are you being nice only to make yourself look good or is it genuine and it really does play either way which is very exciting as a viewer because it can go either way you don't really know his motives
2: yeah yeah they're really good at that stuff.
0: and um, and yeah, it
2: is, it is, I I'm trying to make sure I do not spoil, uh, yeah. Wednesday. So I'm trying to say something, but I'll just stop because <laughs> like, yeah, it's very delicate and I'm, I'm, I'm just finding it great that that is really the most intriguing thing is, you know, whether or not you can trust someone when they seem to yeah. so darn genuine, you know?
0: I know. And then the other kind of epic thing that ends in the episode is, one, the Behemoth is a unique ship because it has the rotation. And they mentioned it's never been done before, but lo and behold, it's fine. Um, It's like, oh, we're good. And, uh, no, it's not quite that easy, but, you know. Uh, They have the 1G with it, and they do a ship-wide to all the ships out there. Come to our ship, we have gravity, bring your wounded, and the Belters embrace all of you. This is kind of a question then for viewers as well. How suspicious is this, having everybody all on the same spot? How <laughs> is this going to turn out? Please leave comments down below. Um, any other quick thoughts
1: or questions from the chat? Um, well, I was going to ask about... Ike. Is this doing that. Hold on one oh. second. I'm... Before
0: we get to the end, actually, also Jennifer, was there any other moments that stood out in this episode for you that you want to comment on that we didn't get to touch on yet?
2: Hmm. Let's see. No, I mean we talked about yeah the hall was wonderful. I mean uh, we could talk a little bit about the fights more if, if there's anything in particular that you had a question about um, the the, the zero G fight with Melba and Naomi.
0: It came across um, beautifully. You can definitely tell it's like they're floating and they're grounded floating, or not. Yeah.
1: Uh, any quick questions from the chat? So, so Chris Cervicki says, how was it working with an episode where the larger plot was already out, laid out from the book?
2: How was it working with an episode where the larger plot was, was already laid out laid from out. the
1: book? I haven't read the yeah, book. so Yeah.
2: It was great. I mean, I you know, I knew maybe months before I got my script where we were going mm. And so I wanted, of course, to give give myself as much time to you know, feel very connected to the characters as I could. So I read the book again and, you know, tried to really understand where Melville was coming from. Um, and then, you know, once I got the first draft of the script, I, was, I, was, I kind of went, went through all the notes that I'd written down and said, okay, you know, now that I know that this is what we're focusing on, how can I kind of blow this up more? Um, so, I mean, I think I I think I think wanted to make sure, actually, because I felt so, like, I really understood where Melville was, Mel was coming from. I really wanted to try to convey as much as possible her humanity. Um, and I think that that will come through a lot in the next, in the finale. Awesome. Um, and, yeah. Um, but that was a, that was a really because she was so unique a character. I really yeah. was hoping to um, make her make people understand her.
1: Cool. And, well, I'm excited to hear what you'll be doing. Seeing you next season on the Agents of Shield episode that you'll be directing, as well as the Boys on episode Boys on Amazon, which is executive produced by Eric Kripke, Evan Goldberg, and Seth Wogan.
2: Yeah, Seth Wogan. Seth um, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm super excited. I'll be uh, shooting. Um, I'll be starting prep on that in August, I
0: believe. Great. Um, yeah. uh, well, unfortunately, Belters, Earthers, and Martians, we are out of time. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Thank you for Jennifer. talking with us. Uh, where can people find you online to know more about you and the projects you're working on?
2: Sure. Um, I should plug my first, fe- my second feature film, Advantageous, because it's on Netflix and so easy to watch. Oh, okay, congrats! Um,
0: Yay! Yeah,
2: it's actually a sci-fi family drama about a mother and daughter, and um, it played at Sundance in 2015, and it won a jury prize there. Oh, wow! And um, you know, actually, I think that the producers saw the film and thought that it was a, it was almost like a, a bit of a prequel to The Expanse. Mm. So it for. For, for folks who like dystopian sci-fi that have kind of a dramatic element, that that's fine. They might find relatable and a little bit of social commentary. You know, Avantageous might be for you.
0: Great. Um,
2: and so, and I'm on Twitter at pongvantages, and you can find me on Facebook if you like as well. As Jennifer Pong.
0: Yay! Yay! Um, thank you again so much. Thank you. And then uh, we look forward to seeing the finale. We don't have time for f- predictions, so no. it's the end next week. And uh, th- it was a pleasure talking with you, Jennifer, about the thank episode. You so much. And uh, look forward to seeing your film too. Yeah, so I'll watch
1: it on the Netflix.
2: Yes, on the Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: right. Thanks, Cherry. Thanks, thank you. Have a good night. Have a good night. Good night. Bye.
0: All right, uh, we're unfortunately out of time, so we're not doing predictions. Real quick, we have our winner of the Stephen Strait Oh, that's picture. Curly Toot. So say the game one more time.
1: Curly Toot and find me on... Uh Twitter, Cherry underscore LA. Follow me so that I can get your address. All right, cool. Thank you so much for watching real quick. Where can they find you online? Cherry underscore LA on Twitter and
0: Instagram. Thank you. Love you. And my name is Carrie Lane. You can find me online at Carrie D Lane. That's K A R I D L A N E. Tune in in about like an hour. We're doing the Westworld finale. And then next week will be the expanse finale. Two hours, guys, make sure you catch the whole thing. Well, (laughs) you know, Uh, I know we will be here talking about it for you guys and we might have another special guest. So you're just going to have to tune in again.